Hello, everyone. I'm Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. This week, we finally release our long-awaited cookbook. Over the course of the past year, we've collected, cooked, and copy-edited a book full of recipes from both ourselves and friends we've had on the podcast. Without further ado, Taste and Sounds by Little Known Tracks. Hello and welcome to Little Known Tracks, uh, your favorite music podcast turned cooking podcast today. And I was going to say today only, but that's a lie because we talk about cooking a lot. Music podcast first, cooking podcast second. I've always said that <laughs> since about <laughs> two years ago. Since we've since we've been saying that, and that has been a, a consistent thing, let's talk a little bit about the conception of the LKT cookbook, which is out now and today and is exciting and you should all go get it. Let's start off with at the end of every year to kind of celebrate the anniversary of Little Known Tracks, which is in December, we do something different than a typical episode. So in the past, we've done people interviewing us. We did the uh, RPG last year. And then this year, when we were talking about, diff- well, I guess it was the end of last year when we were talking about different concepts and ideas, <laughs> Alex said, let's make a cookbook. And we were like, kind of thought about it. And we were like, wait, that kind of makes a lot of sense considering how much we talk about cooking and like the recipes that, you know, people make and have talked about on the episodes. I like to think that a lot of the times we'll think ideas through before we just kind of do them. Mm-hmm. But I think I said this and we just kind of did not think about the process or anything that came with it and just committed so hard from the start. I feel like most of the stuff we do and commit to is a bit like always starts as a bit. The name of this podcast started kind of as a bit. And here we are, you know, three years later going on volume four. But I feel like even when you said that there was a follow through that we could see we didn't realize how in-depth and, you know, how much work was going to go into it, but it seemed manageable to be able to go through all the steps and come out with a cookbook, which we did. So, Which we did. Took a little bit over a year, <laughs> but it's out and hopefully people are reading it. So that was more or less the initial idea, and that's more or less where this episode is coming from. Uh, from a place of, you know, just a fun little extra thing that we decided to do that turned into something a little bit more, I don't know if intense is the right word. I guess Um, tangible too. (laughs) Because it's like, it's something totally different than we've done, like in previous episodes before. Even with the other ideas that we have had like when people were asking us questions it was something that we could basically put together from almost an entirely audio i was gonna say it was mostly just an episode minus the 
graphic that you made for like the RPG and the graphics that go along with the uh, those episodes. But like this was a full layout, copy edited, reach out for recipes, make the recipes, uh, full book that we spent the last year making. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it definitely went from us doing a little bit of writing to have an episode where we sat down with people and chatted like we normally would but in a different aspect to um something that was a little bit more obviously time consuming and a little bit more constrained i'd say in terms of who was involved uh in the process of actually making it because while there were a whole lot of people involved uh in making it in terms of people who sent us recipes there was really three people total involved in the creation of the food and the book itself uh which i think was like a little not really a little a big jump from what we were familiar with yeah, and especially when one of us can't cook, that's a little bit of a handicap when we're making, what was it, 20 different recipes Yeah, in the, in the kitchen. So, um, but it was a fun process. Um, so early, of 20, early in the year of 2023 is when we started reaching out to um, some of our past guests and people who have been on the podcast and said cooking was one of their hobbies, their interests just to see if they'd be interested in being involved. We got a great response and we're super thankful for everybody who reached out and sent recipes or were in communication with us um, because that is, you know, the whole heart in the book is this wouldn't be happening without their involvement in Little Known Tracks to begin with. So um, it was cool to kind of catch up with everybody too, people we haven't talked to in a little bit um, and get their recipes and see what they're up to now. Um, so that was more or less the easy part of just compiling the recipes and, you know, having that from the beginning of 2023 to like early spring, maybe early summer, more, more so. Um, and then we started making food and that's where it got, <laughs> that's where it got kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely an interesting process collecting them because like on top of reaching out to people who we had already talked to for a good portion of this year if we talked to someone about cooking we would ask them immediately after if they wanted to be involved in this process um which was like a fun thing to get to like actively talk to a couple people about like while we were still on a call but yeah, then we started making stuff. I think we had like a lot more plans in terms of the making of food when we first started this, because I don't think we realized how much food we were going to be making or no, definitely not how much space we needed or how much it was going to cost and et cetera, et cetera. There was a lot of things going into this that I don't think we realized we needed as much um, resources to do yeah like a space to do it was yeah. our first of okay where are we gonna make all this food and who's gonna eat it all because there's only two of us and we were making you know 
four soups at a time. <laughs> we needed people to like be able to eat it and taste test it and make sure everything was all good with it. So that's where a lot of our friends came in. We were able to use their spaces, use Alex's parents' kitchen space, and then just make a ton of food and then be able to share it with uh, our friends and family, which was a fun part of the process. I, yeah, it was definitely a good time being able to make this food and not have it just be overly professional. I want to say in a, in a sense, because that's not what we're here to do regardless, but, um, we're doing it for, for fun and for giggles and kicks and, you know, sharing these recipes. Um, because one of the big things that we talked about was like little known tracks is our hobby. That's the thing we do outside of work. That's the thing we like to do. Um, so being able to talk to, um, the guests and all the musicians about their hobbies outside of music it was really kind of cool to immerse ourselves in what they like to do outside of their music. So that was a cool kind of thing to hear about where these recipes came from or kind of dive into the different things that we were making. And even if it didn't work out, we were trying to figure out, you know, different ways to make it work. Um, so that was a cool aspect of it to be able to kind of connect with these artists in a different way than we have, you know, just talking to them over an episode. Yeah, I think I feel like you can learn a lot about people based on the food that they eat and that they make themselves. I think it's a good way to kind of get to know people a little better. And while we weren't talking to everyone over the course of this entire thing about the foods that we were making and when we were making the foods that they had given us like there was a lot i think to be learned just in the form of this is what people eat mm -hmm. and i i think i can speak for sydney a little bit in terms of learning a lot just in general in the kitchen correct <laughs> um can agree uh the kitchen is not my you know, not my strong suit being in there, but definitely did learn a lot about uh, and asked a lot of questions about when things were being made because didn't know a lot that was going on, but learned a lot in the process. I think one of the things that we touched on a little bit is kind of like this, you know, obviously being everyone else's hobbies. And I think there are stories in a lot of this. And there are definitely some recipes that I feel like even if we didn't really get a background for them, we kind of made something out of them that is you enjoyed it for that reason, right? Like whoever gave us this, you enjoyed it for your reason. And now we get to enjoy it as part of this really fun, interesting process that we got to share, not only with the people that gave us the recipes, but like our friends as well. And mm -hmm. I think that alone is just uh, a big part of what this process was. Yeah, and hopefully the people who are reading the book now and kind of going through it and are also able to connect with these recipes and make them and enjoy them and like maybe put them in their, you know, their routines of in the kitchen kind of thing. So that was a cool part of this process was just, I feel like learning about everyone a little bit more in a way that we haven't before it's not something that you can really get across 
just talking to someone sometimes, especially with the like limited time we have mm -hmm. to talk about things that aren't music on the podcast. So when we talk to people, we don't really get that in-depth kind of like subtlety, I suppose, that I think we did um, like a good amount while we were making a lot of this food. And like, you know, music being the universal language that it is, food kind of is too, in the way of like being able to share those feelings and, you know, kind of your thoughts and what you're making and what you're making in the kitchen. So that was kind of a cool way to be able to, you know, connect even further and in this process, learn new things and new uh, aspects of the kitchen and the people we were talking to. One thing that we wanted to touch on a little bit that we have the time and space to kind of do it is the recipes that we put in the book. So we both contributed two recipes a piece to this book. We wanted to, at first, when I was suggesting we both put two recipes in a piece it was more to make sure the book had fill like there was substance to it that wasn't just a couple things here and there obviously uh that's not exactly what happened and i was maybe a little uh overly cautious when i suggested it but i am glad that we put them in there regardless and I think it's good because what we each put in there was a little bit, all of it was in a different spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the salad, the grilled cheese, the soup, the drink, like hit a lot of different parts of the book that, you know, filled it out pretty good. So I think yeah. they were good additions to it. Not to make it about us, but I do think it's a good way to, you know, put something in there that like, hey, if you've been listening to the podcast and you get the book there's a little bit more about us in there with, with yeah. those things so let's see we could just talk a little like quick brief little talk through of of those recipes so i think the grilled cheese is probably the most story driven of the recipes i don't know delco dash is pretty we'll get to the we'll get to the story of the delco dash but i feel like the conception of the grilled cheese is story driven. Delco Dash is just a whole. Once we've we had already conceived that, it became more of a. There was a story icon. after the yeah. yeah. Um. So the after show grilled cheese was an idea that we had. Um, I was looking for something simple to do, easy to make that I could contribute because Alex's recipes are a little bit more uh, in depth than this grilled cheese. But the idea behind it is, you know, when you come home after a show, after a night out, you're a little bit drunk, but you're kind of hungry. Grilled cheese is an easy thing to make. So we were out one night, went back to a friend's apartment, all kind of hungry. And Alex fired up some grilled cheeses and made them for everyone and we were all like wow this is the best thing we've ever eaten in our whole lives granted you know we were out and <laughs> and you know having a good time um but i think the concept of having you know that kind of staple meal was a fun way to kind of involve night out that we were hanging out with friends and like having that kind of concept behind it 
I want to add that it was quite literally like after show grilled cheese because we had gone to a friend's show. Oh yeah. Yeah, we had gone to a I've friend's heard... show and then we I were out that's... at the bars with them for a couple hours afterwards. Uh, I forgot that's how that started. Kind of just invaded our other friend's apartment and yeah and made grilled cheese out of it so that kind of it kind of really tied in uh the whole music and cooking aspect in a way that this was i feel like before we even started doing the cookbook and when we started talking about the recipes we wanted to put in it was just like hey this is so on brand <laughs> and there it is there it yeah. lies in the cookbook forever <laughs> The the two that I put in were the arugula salad and the purple soup. And it's the the salad was kind of just something that I had made a few times before because I was quite literally gifted a gallon of maple syrup at a friend's wedding and I needed to find some way to use excess amounts of it. Okay, and but so I made a dressing. Okay, but go a little bit more in depth of, as to why maple syrup is the staple of yeah everything <laughs> <laughs> in your life. So a couple years ago, we went to Vermont, and I don't remember why I decided to start researching maple syrup, but I did. Uh, and I just know so much about maple syrup we were like heavy in the podcast mindset because it was yeah. right before we released little known tracks right yeah yeah so we were right. like we could make a podcast out of anything yeah so we were throwing food ideas around we were throwing dream ideas around it was like anything we talked about could be a podcast and yeah maple syrup kind of kind of stuck uh, when you're surrounded and, by it in Vermont, yeah. you know, you're going to learn a lot about it. While we have not made a podcast about it, uh, I do have more than enough information <laughs> about it to do so if the time ever comes. <laughs> Would you guys be interested in a maple syrup episode? Let us Please. know. <laughs> Please let us know. <laughs> um, so... Obviously, I regaled a lot of people with maple syrup information in the past several years. And when it came to their wedding, they sent out a survey for dietary restrictions. And I made a joke about maple syrup and needing a lot of it. And uh, yeah, they they committed. They delivered. The so I got a gallon of maple syrup for someone else's wedding. <laughs> and... Yeah, I was just playing around with some some stuff, trying to figure out a way that wasn't too crazy. Um, that was kind of simple, easy, that I could just throw together if I needed to. And that kind of kind of just worked. Uh, the purple cauliflower soup is really nothing too crazy. That was my mother got had, was getting boxes of vegetables and we got purple cauliflower, and she just didn't know what to do with it. So she steamed it, threw in some shrimp, and kind of called it a day and made like a a bisque out of it. When she made that, I kind of threw a, a couple ideas her way, like 
crab and the hot honey. And I was like, you know, just like add a little bit here to it. And we did, and she made it a little bit better. And so what I did was I kind of took what she did, uh, nothing written down, obviously, and just sort of more or less recreated it. And I think the the whole appeal was the fact that it was purple soup. And mm-hmm. that was kind of a joke while we were making it. Before we started making it, though, <laughs> how many stores did we need to go to to find purple purple cauliflower? Dude, I would not have thought purple cauliflower would be that hard to find. I don't think, I didn't think it would be either. But if you guess three, you would be correct. <laughs> Third time is the charm. Third we time found is the charm. We found it in like a Whole Foods or something. Whole Foods, I think. And we almost missed it. Yeah. We did almost not get it. Um, thankfully, we, ta- we did. We were talking about using regular cauliflower and just add some food coloring for picture purposes. <laughs> we didn't need to do that. We did find the purple cauliflower, but, you know, yeah. we were throwing around contingency plans just in case. And the the last of them, the Delco Dash, of course. The Delco Dash started as a loose variation inspiration very loose loose, of (laughs) a singapore sling which is a drink that my grandfather used to mention all the time um so in his memory and his honor uh we were going to make singapore slings with me and my family didn't end up happening but i said what if we made something reminiscent of that um but you know i'm from delco so we delcofy it um so we kind of turned it into more of a citywide uh with a shot and a natty light um in you know true delco fashion and that was fun to taste test and try to figure out how to make them because we were just throwing back shots (laughs) and seeing what worked and what didn't now, by the time we had decided what was going in them, we had been drinking. So if you don't like it, drink some Sorry. more and try again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we also, the night that we were drinking these uh, Doko Dashes was the night that Taylor Swift was in Philadelphia. So we were having a Taylor Swift night at our friend's house. Um and decided to celebrate that with shotgunning two natty lights um which is a video on our instagram and twitter dedicated to mr beers with bands himself (laughs) (laughs) um so that was the second half of that drink is you take the shot you shotgun the natty light and you have yourself a delco dash it's like a more aggressive citywide is kind of what it turns into we i think we initially were looking at the ingredients of a singapore sling and going what could we use in place of some of these i think our first reaction was wow that's a lot of alcohol in one drink so we were like how many can we put together in a shot that we can wash down with you know the light beer of your choice ours being um natty daddies actually is what we now before that was not our choice (laughs) That was the choice of the beer store that I went to. They had no Natty Lights. 
and they only had nine daddies. You should have seen Alex's face when I came over with that <laughs> case and the sheer disappointment of knowing he had to drink one was actually kind of funny. But we survived. I don't like beer to begin with. So that was not my favorite. Not ideal. But it worked. We had a good time. And there the Delco Dash was born. And we're trying to make it catch on. We wanted to uh, be the, the new citywide. Yeah. So if you live in or around Philly, go to a bar and order a Delco <laughs> Dash and absolutely demand they give it to you because that's what someone from Delco would do. So those were our fun little additions to the book. And I think what was so fun about making them is the stories kind of behind them and how they all came to be. Um, and even with the recipes that we got from all the guests, um, we did have some fun conversations about what those uh, recipes were. Um, so one recipe was the fudge from Donnie from Great Time. Brussels sprouts from Lana Love. Like those were all recipes that we had talked about, you know, in the episodes um, and created when we were making them, you know, kind of this like weird little bond of like, oh, I wonder if they were talking about. Yeah, this is exactly what they were talking about, which was a cool connection to make. So I think it was actually uh, the quinoa from Jill that we talked about on the episode. And then when we saw Great Time, we talked to Donnie about the fudge, and that's when he told us it was impossible to make. Which uh, is true. <laughs> and that you have to make it in winter in a not flat pot, which I'm still, I don't know what that means. I assume it's a wok. So when we tried to make it in July in a flat bottom pot, yeah, we did work. have a little, <laughs> we did have a little trouble. So if you guys can, you know, make that recipe and make it work, please let us know. Yeah, I think both us and Donnie would love to see that recipe <laughs> made correctly because, man, we, we, we did, did have not, a little trouble. <laughs> we did not do it justice. But yeah, on top of on top of obviously the food uh, and the stories and the the connection to the people, there was a lot that went into this from a uh, layout perspective which and just so everybody knows alex did the whole layout alex is the graphic designer of the group who sat down and put this entire book visually together so everybody say congrats and good job alex (laughs) thanks everyone (laughs) i think once i got the hang of it and I, i kind of knew what it was looking like it was okay but boy in the early stages of trying to do layout when we like didn't really have a whole lot of pictures yet and we didn't have a whole lot of copy it was kind of difficult to envision what this book was going to look like i again i knew i wanted to keep the general color scheme that we use for everything i wanted it to still be on brand and i knew that i wanted it to have some aspects of both a traditional cookbook and things like a magazine. So in the process of making this, I acquired both a lot of cookbooks and a lot of magazines. I have a stack of music magazines that I haven't read and have only paged through to get general ideas uh, for the visual content of basically. And so I think that came through a little bit with 
the egg, the soup spot, and the um, the ads that that we put in there, which I think was like a fun little fun little thing to give some shed some light on some other people who are doing some interesting stuff similar to us that we you know we like we like chatting with every now and then and having little interactions with. So I wanted to do something like that in the book. And then I think the only other thing that I wasn't certain about was the size of it. At first I was like, what if I make it, what if we make it the size of a vinyl, oh, of a, like the yeah. cover? And that was way too big. And I'm glad we did not do that. And we just stuck with eight and a half by 11, <laughs> just standard paper size. Standard book size. <laughs> That's kind of how that went. But yeah, the process, the process of making it visually and laying it out was I think really came together in the last month or two, basically, because up until then it was kind of uncertain what I wanted it to look like and just where I wanted it to stand and feel visually. But I think I got a, I think I got a pretty good balance of like the fun that I feel like we try to get across a little bit and also oh, yeah it being a cookbook that is readable and digestible still. Yeah. I think one of the earliest like conceptual ideas you had was the cover of it, of yeah. the plate and the record and the food and a concert, like just that kind of perfect balance of taste and sound and like what this, you know, dual podcast we have come to be um, shows. Um, so taking those pictures was fun. Um, and we want to talk a little bit about that little photo shoot that we had. Also, shout out to AJ, Alex's brother, who took all the pictures for the book. All turned out pretty beautiful. Yeah. He, um, he stuck around while we did everything and just helped us out with that. An extra pair of hands to, to take pictures and really kind of do that was for sure helpful the one photo shoot for the cover was the most interesting just because if we're being entirely honest, I feel like we had kind of forgotten to take <laughs> pictures of all of the food up until that point. And we were doing it in batches. So it mm -hmm. was difficult to kind of determine what we were going to have and make the cover anyways. So being able to make use one day to make all of the things that we did was really helpful for the picture aspect of the cover and some of the uh, like little pictures that you see in the opener because yeah. we made a lot of that on the same day. So that was kind of a cool way to conceptualize and like see everything put together. Um, being able to use it for that cover picture and then the picture on the bottom was a concert we went to and you should have seen us every time uh hands it's a fr up. every time hands went up us with our phones trying to take as many pictures as possible and that was for the like last five or six concerts we went to <laughs> what's the room look like how many people are in the frame like what how can we do this to make it look good for the cover and that show, that was uh, Knox, Knox that we yep. saw at Brooklyn Bowl in Philly. And the fact that it was a sunken floor really, I think, is what did it for us. Yeah, helped really helped with us kind out. kind of depth and being able to see hands and getting things going there. 
uh, on the on the food photo a little bit more when we put everything together aj also kind of was like hey what if we just throw shit around so it is a little bit of a mess the the picture on the cover but i think that was good i think it's like kind of hard to tell on the cover just because of the yeah. size of it but we had a lot of fun with that in particular just kind of throwing food around and putting things where they shouldn't be and that was a it was just a fun little fun little time yeah. you know fun literally quite shoot. literally playing with our food before we ate it <laughs> yeah yeah and that was the thing we took all these pictures and then a bunch of people came over and then ate all the food so like that was that was a cool thing about these like little cooking sessions that we did is no matter what we made we had people come over and you know taste test it try it you know got their take on it and it was all very positive which was uh really cool to hear yeah overall this was like such a wild experience that yeah. does not feel like it has taken either as long or as little as it really has. It's crazy to think that people are actually going to read it now because we've yeah. been talking about it for a year. So now that people are actually going to see it and read it is really exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for people to get to take a look at this book and even if you don't make anything, you know, just get a kick out of the the whole of it. I think yeah. there's some I think there's some funny stuff in there. I think there's some good food in there. Uh and yeah, I'm I'm just glad that we did it. I feel like we both learned a lot over the process of this about food and layout and uh Coffee time management. And, yeah. <laughs> uh that and, will uh, definitely serve us going forward. Yeah, here's to next year. And whatever whatever <laughs> that we decide to do. <laughs> might be. <laughs> if you guys if anyone who listens to this has any ideas for next year's finishing project, feel free to send it our way and we'll definitely see if we can work on something and still still workshop and ideas, but yeah. hopefully you enjoy the book hopefully we figure something out next year but for the time being i'm content with this being out this being done so if you are interested in buying the book we are uh selling it for a five dollar donation that will go towards a music uh nonprofit charity in philadelphia so we all the proceeds will be going to Rock to the Future, um, which is a music nonprofit with the mission of serving for positive youth development and student-driven music programs in um, Philadelphia and giving them access to equitable music lessons and instruments and things like that. Um, so for that $5, all of the proceeds that we receive will be going to um, Rock to the Future. So if you would like to buy it, purchase it, the link will be on all of our social medias, in our Instagram bio, probably on our Twitter, uh, anywhere that you can find us, you'll be able to find the book. Um, and we really appreciate you guys listening and hopefully reading the book as well. We wanted to take another second to thank everyone again. Thank you to all of you who have been listening for any of the three years we've been doing this, to all the artists who have been on this past year, and of course, everyone who helped in making this cookbook. 
Whether it was eating food, giving us a place to cook, or sending us recipes, we really appreciate it. Thank you all again. We look forward to another exciting year of Little Known Tracks. Thank you.